It's the greatest thing we've ever done. The Dippin' Squad. We have no biblical <laughs> training whatsoever. I used to smoke whole chickens all the time. <laughs> Joe is perfect. Jesus is my homeboy. We looked ridiculous. Pretty significantly sized person. <laughs> Mate, you want to slurp us out of here? We would be the worst employees. We would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're pastors. <laughs> intro just never ceases to uh, make a smile. Hopefully it makes you smile out there. I don't know if that's a, that's a thing or not, but if it makes you smile, it makes our day. And That's what we wait for. We live for the smiles. <laughs> uh, speaking of smoking whole chickens, Dave mentioned that he wore his uh, t-shirt that has uh, used to smoke whole chickens on the back of the t-shirt, and he wore it to Costco. He went to get tires, I think, and so he was yeah. walking around Costco for like two hours, and he said that that T-shirt generated some conversation. Hey, yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. So if you started listening because of uh, <laughs> Dave in Costco getting tires, yeah. congratulations! And you win nothing. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. We're glad you're here. And this is the guy that used to smoke whole chickens all the time. Right? Uh, I did. Uh, uh, welcome I'm, into episode thirty-three. Episode wow. 33. We are, uh, we're excited to be here. I thought we'd be further along. <laughs> When's that uh, big triple digits coming? Oof. Triple? At this rate, we're only a third five of the years. way. Five years. All right. we we there's only to... 52 weeks in a year. We're not recording every I think we week. should quit our jobs yeah. and just record oh, yeah. every day. And monetize. It's a great idea. We should monetize yeah. this. I'm sure that will support all of us. We are recording video well, on this it one starts too. here. <laughs> and it makes it over here. You're young. You can get another job. <laughs> yeah, I'll be working at uh, Costco, everybody. <laughs> Wearing the desperate pastor shirt. Yeah. Uh, episode 33, we'd encourage you to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. And join in the conversation. There was a good conversation last week. My wife, for the first time, she always blamed the podcast app for not listening to our podcast. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, but you... Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the comments too, by the way, of like, what you said something about me and how she's always no. right or something. And no, uh, I said, I know who is the intelligent, right? That's the what brains in the relationship. Like yeah. Because uh, she agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> you can send us an email at me at desperatepastor.com. Uh, but you also have a bone to pick, I think, with other comments that you wanted. Uh, were you going to oh, throw it out somebody? Do that? I, I, I mean, well. she's not here now, but you know, Deb, <laughs> super fan Deb, was in the room the entire time. And she alluded at the end to the fact that she didn't agree with everything said, but she didn't quite say what she felt. But then in the comments, she said, Perfect. yes. And Mike was absolutely wrong or something like that. Totally wrong. <laughs> and so I just want to say. She wanted to wait till you. Um, thanks for the t-shirt and the cookies. But say it to my face. <laughs> she wanted to wait till you turned around and uh, stabbed you. That's what she was waiting for. Nate said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's I'm the just time kidding. Mark? No. Three no, thirty eight. It's, it's all in good fun. But really. Say it to my face. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, not or really. I'm not. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'm very passive. How do you end so, this? Can you move I, on? I can end it with a question. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thanks, question Dad. of the morning. If uh, if you knew that you could never fail at anything, what would you try? Hot dog eating contest. <laughs> no, Speaking of that, that just happened. Uh, That's this why weekend. I said uh, it. I Wait. can't imagine the the fallout. Of a hot dog eating contest. Wait, you did a hot dog eating contest? No. Are you listening to the question? He said, if you <laughs> yeah, did. No, no, no. He said that it happened this weekend. Oh, oh the fourth, the, like the Nathan's the fourth famous Fourth of July, the Joey Chestnut, you know. It never, has your name in it. I, I'm, I'm aware of that now. I, I've wow. no idea. Did you not know that there was a hot dog eating contest every Fourth, every fourth of July? July? No, I did not. Every Fourth of July. I would be competing. Very hot way. I mean, would it? I think he, I don't know. It was like 60 something. It was in the almost 70 hot dogs. <sighs> and that's a hot dog and a bun. 
That's dipping them in the water. And dipping them. It's disgusting. <laughs> How long do they have to eat that? And he weighs like a buck 25 yeah, or something. He's a skinny little guy. Uh, I don't know what the time is. It, that's a, I'm going to look it up. That's a great question. But it's so gross. The thought of just, yeah. you're just slurping down. Yeah, pretty much. Nathan's hot, Nathan's hot dogs are really good, though, by the way. They, oh, yeah, but not when you're eating yeah, 16, 14 dozen. 16. How many see, calories is here that? We go, like they, here tell, we go. they give you Three the days ago. Three days ago. Uh, he, Joey Chestnut wins his 14th title. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, he <laughs> he wolfed down 76 hot dogs oh. and buns in 10 minutes. 10 minutes? One, one more than he did last time. What is okay, it? the second place guy finished 50. 26 Can hot you imagine dogs. eating so 50 hot dogs and, and not Let's finish. also appreciate that Joey Chestnut needed to eat 51 to win. <laughs> but he was <laughs> He's outpacing him by a lot. And then um, third place was 44. But in 10 minutes... Yeah. Just, ten, do they say how many minutes. calories that is? I'm curious. Um, Hang on, I'll can. tell you. Yeah. Well, because that's hot dogs and buns, so... You know, but if there's something while you guys are looking that up that you knew that you could, if you could never fail at anything, what would you try? I immediately go to flying because I like, you know, I know I was, superpower, but I was thinking about scuba diving in light of our conversation the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, scuba diving would be cool. But after all of the, we were in a conversation the other day and everybody was talking about the ways different people have died. Right. Scuba diving. Yeah. And I was like, were your lungs exploding? I was like, you know what? <laughs> I think I'm good. I don't think I need to do that. I was like, I'll snick, to, I'll snick, <laughs> I'll snick to snorkeling is what I was trying to say. I will stick to snorkeling. Uh, yeah. Uh, doesn't say all it it's all I've found so far is that Nathan's famous hot dogs have 370 calories. This uh, is the hot, hot, dog. hot dog. This says it, it like should a be about 150 calories for a hot dog and bun. No way. You that's think that's not enough? I looked up, Nate. I mean, let's just look up. We know what they're eating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, even if that, even if it's only 150 calories. That's 11? That's 11,400 calories in 10 minutes. <laughs> it says. You might as well just eat in the jar of peanut butter. That's <laughs> like a whole jar. <laughs> like, at what point does that kill you? I mean. Obviously I, not 14 times ago. Like, <laughs> And that guy, I think if you look that guy up, he's done like a bunch of other ones Wait, too. He's a he's like a professional. A competitive yeah, I was gonna say, have you ever watched the guy on YouTube that eats like all the random challenges? He's like he's, his name is Joey something uh, Walnut or something. Joey I don't know. Is that the same guy? Pistachio. Is it the same? I don't know. My wife watches I don't, it. I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about because you just said like my child. <laughs> have you watched that guy that on the YouTube that eats the stuff? <laughs> You know, the guy with the face. The guy. You he's know. got a face yeah. and he eats stuff. He's uh, really, he's funny. I am seeing Hang 140 on. for the hot dog alone. And I think a bun's got to be 70. It, easy. Easy. Like a, so call it, let's call two it 250. On, let's call it two, 250. 250. Let's get crazy. Okay, 250. Matt's, Who cares? Okay, it's Matt Stoney. Uh, nope, that's is the guy on YouTube. Okay, so times 76. 19,000 calories. At what point, like... There are people that have died okay. for drinking too much water, like in a competition on a radio right. show. Like, at what point do you eat 76 hot dogs and then you just die? At like, what point, sorry, but at what point do they start saying, we've got to exit? There's no more room <laughs> left in the body. Like, that's true. Right. Or do they throw, like, I wondered about I that. Know. Like, does he finish that? And then I know there's like rules, like, immediately following you. Like, yeah. you can't be eating 10 and then being getting sick but like is he able to yeah. two minutes after they ring the bell can he just go and get rid of can them? you imagine the carnage that that would produce <laughs> i literally like, would think you would like perforate your <laughs> stomach <laughs> i think your stomach yeah. like that quickly you're just shoving food in your stomach's it. not that big your stomach's not even close to as big as you're <laughs> showing right now your stomach's about this Hang big. On. They say, well, like yeah. roughly the size of your fist but it can expand but i mean i'm thinking like where's that all go yeah <sighs> Well, we know where it ends so up. Think about <laughs> 10 full packets, like 10 full packages of hot dogs. That's no, what that is. No, I wouldn't. I think the mo a dollar dog night at the Indians games, I think I've put down like six or seven before. Sure. And that's a lot of hot dogs. In 10 I minutes? Mean, <laughs> right. No, over the course of three <laughs> yeah, hours. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I like ashamed of myself the next day. Like, what are you doing? Granted, those are... Those are not Nathan's famous all beef hot dogs. So Those are very good. But I 
He's not many, tasting them. How many pounds is that? That's right. I thought. Oh well, yeah. hang on. Well, oh, why not at this point? <laughs> We're I so mean, far in the weeds. I would think matter. that a pack of hot dogs, eight hot dogs, is like is a pound. Yeah, I'd say it's it's got to be close to like a pound. two. Or so that's uh, I can do math. Four okay. ounces. That's ten pounds. Is that counting the buns? Okay, so like it's not counting are, the buns or the, all the water. Like think about and the water. Yeah, yeah well, think, of, think about what are the, like the steak challenges? Like no way. I mean, how the big old seventy six or so? Yeah, <laughs> like how big? Like some of those are. What those yeah. are not ten pounds though. No, be one hundred and sixty ounces. Like, but steak. That's the beauty of a hot dog. I guess it turns to mush. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> from mush it comes and from mush it returns. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. He came into it weighing 125 pounds. He had to walk away weighing at least 135 pounds. Wow. <laughs> I, at least. I'm 41 years old, and all I can think of is the gas that had oh, yeah. come out of their bodies. Like, uh, and if you've seen them. It looks like they're going to, like, it's coming back up. <laughs> And I'm thinking that this is also one of those moments. I refuse to watch that event because I think around the world. Oh, yeah. There are people yes. starving and we're like, yeah. hey, let's get a crowd yeah. together and <laughs> let's eat. just eat until we're sick, <laughs> sick and we're going to pay dogs. you money. Yeah. What did he win? That's the last question we have to ask. And we, we still did. haven't answered your question. That's fine. So what is what is the one thing if I knew I couldn't fail, I would do it. It's yeah. uh, I would start a business. Oh, that what would the way business to go be deep. Then? Yeah. Deep dive. What's the business? Oh, I've always wanted to own a restaurant, really? but I just know that there's like a ton of work and they yeah. a lot of them fail. But if I knew that I could open like we've always wanted, even my kids, we talk about this, like even like a food truck or something like that. If we knew that we could, I could open it and sure. it would be successful and it wouldn't ruin my life because most of these people, you know, you live there. Um, I would do that. I've always just thought it'd be fun. We like to cook. I like yeah. the environment of like serving. Can I change my answer? <laughs> I'd open a coffee shop. I was going to say. I, I like that you say that. Shop. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. That's what I would do if I knew I couldn't fail. Yeah. That's, I mean, I was, that's, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Are you looking up what he won? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because it looks like whatever it was, it wasn't enough. Well, he gets endorsements too. Right. What's, did you just look up Joey Chestnut's net worth? Well, sportingnews.com. Yeah. It's wow. a sport. He's like, it's considered, <laughs> right? It's considered a sport. There you go. Don't have to catch. Don't have to kick. Don't have to throw. Just my eat. kind of sport. Just got to eat until you're sick. Sounds like bowling. <laughs> is Wilson is going to take offense at that. <laughs> Super fan oh, Wilson. Man. Well, if you ever listen to uh, Jim Gaffigan talk about uh, like bowling being a sport, he's like, it's the only sport that you can like eat nachos and play at the same time right. or something. Golf would <laughs> fall in that category too, though. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, oh, it says the Nathan hot dogs eating contest pays its winners a whopping $10,000 every year. That's not enough money. And he's won that 13 times. So, but here's the thing. It <clears> says <throat> here that his net worth is $2 million. Yeah. 1.5 in 2020. Yeah. Well, shout out to Joey Chestnut, we, who we don't know and all of a sudden just got really familiar with. So I would think, yeah, and I would think uh, that he is somebody who never has to pay for a meal. <laughs> like people are like, hey, hey man. Hey. He's got probably at least a week before he has to eat another meal. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> That's another thing. We need to bring him in and say, this has, we have a bunch of questions we have. Yeah, let's, we got to move on now. I think we have to move on, but little do we know we'd have this there's a lot that, that is, we're scratching the surface oh, because yeah. i have more questions so many than questions answers right now looking at looking at that i want to i know there's like a training regimen oh yeah i know there's like a way they prepare for it a pre and post it's like and how know. many flushes and there's no way they could have done it last year with the toilet paper shortage we know that that's what shut it all down Probably just as a pressure sprayer. I, just, I was just getting ready to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I should say that. Yeah, yeah. well, Mike's you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, the second uh, question, since we're talking about let's that, move on. This is very much related, but cardio or weights? Weights, only because I hate cardio and of any kind. Cardio because it's necessity in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I go cardio. I have to. I'd prefer, like, is that what you prefer? I would prefer to just be able to lift weights. Yeah, I see but I love lifting weights, but doesn't help. I would face <laughs> the life I'm in right now. I would go play basketball whenever. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, when cardio. you say cardio, I thought you meant gym only. If it's if we're adding in, like, cardio, cardio yeah, 
I know it is, but I, in my mind, I went right to like, are you getting on the treadmill or are you lifting? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're talking about yeah. that, then I'd much rather like play a game, even kickball yeah. or something like that versus go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like my Apple watch. So because when I'm playing <laughs> basketball, it'll be like, are you walking? You know, like, are you going for a walk? I'm like, yes. No, I'm running. I'm getting Thank back you. on defense right now. Shut up. <laughs> so I, I'm not happy with that. <clears throat> well, those are easy questions, and they went totally sideways. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Joey Test Chestnut. <laughs> test Chestnut. <laughs> so dumb. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it. Joseph. It's like fun, you know, when somebody's called Joseph, you want to call him Joey. Yeah. But because he goes by Joey, I'd love to call him Joseph. Yeah. Like if we had him in here, I'd be like, Joseph. So tell me, J-Dog, uh, what's up? <laughs> well, Nate came to our church yeah. as Nathan. And <sighs> yeah, everybody calls me Nate. Yeah. Not and now funny. everybody wants to call me Nathan, like, to be funny. Oh. Uh, yeah. Nate Dog is not a thing? Yeah. But there's, <laughs> there's one name you can't call him, but I'll let him tell you that. I know what it is, I bet. Is it the full on? It's a full on, but uh, it's not my full name. But but that's funny because I had a friend, uh, and he that is his name, but we all called him Nate. Yeah. But then his now wife, but then girlfriend called him Nathaniel. <laughs> and we just roasted him for it. We'd be like, uh, Nathaniel, can you uh go out tonight? <laughs> I think yeah. she, I can think about it. I think Shauna calls me Nathan still. Yeah, and she my, does. And my parents. She does. Yeah. My my wife refers to me to people as Mike, but calls me Michael. So if she's talking to you, she's yeah. like, yeah, Mike and I yeah. will be there. But if, if she, she says something odd. to me, she says, like, Michael. That takes a lot of uh, mental. Yeah, well, she's a, she's a brilliant woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a camera in here today. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you isolate that clip and I just can. send it to me, yeah, please? Try that, yeah. yeah. She's a woman. So uh, we are... We're tackling making out with purity culture. <laughs> oh, <laughs> making out with <laughs> making out is better than tackling. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me think of a baseball player that's in trouble and all those kind of things. So anyway, uh, yeah, talking about purity culture, something that we all kind of grew up through different versions or iterations of that. Uh, some of us more than others. Some of us taught through that. Uh, <laughs> But You're I kinda, saying that as a plural. Yes. Some of us taught during that. Like, oh, yeah. We're talking, right, yeah. talking about 90s, 2000s, right. purity culture. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm kind of taken aback by it a little bit because some of the stuff, uh, it's weird because some of the things that I would still even teach today, uh, people are either offended by or say that it's um, it's hurtful or abusive. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. But I don't know that I'm teaching necessarily the abusive piece of that. So we're going to talk about all this stuff today. Everyone's excited about purity culture. Yes. Yeah. We needed to like bring up the, let's talk about sex, baby. Talk about that should be the bumper. Yeah. Music today. Bring it in. Yeah. That's good. We'll, we'll put a link (laughs) in the comments to some popular nineties songs. Nice. Uh, So we figure we define purity culture and, and Nate even said that, his purity culture experience is probably different than ours. Um, I mean, what I would understand purity culture being this focus on, for us, an unhealthy focus on not having sex before marriage. Meaning, like, that's the pinnacle of it all. Like, if you don't have sex, if you arrive on your wedding night unscathed and untouched, you (laughs) you will be a great present for your husband and or wife who has also done the very same thing. And if you do it, if you have sex, everything's over. Yeah. You, you might as well go live in a hole somewhere. Pretty much. Yeah. Like that's the, (laughs) it would be the ultimate shame and the ultimate ruin that could happen in your life as as a teenager, young adult. Um, yeah. To you, you had sex, and yeah. but the problem. So we can kind of we're going to talk about the positives and negatives of all, negatives of all that and the fallout of all that. But there's some good things wrapped up. Yeah, I would, this. I would, I would totally agree. I would say that there's there's different versions and different iterations of purity culture based on where you kind of grew up in this movement. And there's there's some that are extremely unhealthy to the point of what I would say warping your perspective 
of the way that you view the opposite gender all the way to something that is healthy and comes back to biblical principles uh, that are that are correct and that are pure and that are taught under the right motives and communicated in a, in a way that's beneficial for for a young believer or a, a believer that's young I guess to say it that way yeah. um, but yeah I, I definitely think there's there's two different sides to the spectrum and one that's healthy and one that's not healthy and I think one of the confusions that you and I have talked about a lot is sometimes they use the same terms but yes. mean different things correct and that's very very confusing yeah. Uh, and especially something that you brought up often is is within the realm of deconstructing faith and this this idea of purity culture comes up. And I think there's a lot of misunderstood things in that because people say one thing, but people understand it in another yeah. way or vice versa. And that causes a lot of confusion. So there's a yeah. lot. I think there's a lot to talk yeah, about within this. Because as you begin to talk about these things, people then begin to shy away or even have that like like, oh, he's saying this thing that I want to push back against. And they're like, no, 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 I don't mean it the way you're taking it. I mean it this way. Because I think we would all agree that sex is a good thing. Yep. That God invented it, created it to to really bind two people together. And just like we're good at, we have we have made it <laughs> bad. Or we, And then in the church, we've taken it another step and made it somewhat evil uh, in the sense that if you do that, then you really, you're, you, here's yeah. your scarlet letter. Yeah. And you can, but then we allow, quote unquote, allow kids to then find outlets in other ways through pornography, through just like, we're just going to keep it quiet, but we're going to have sex. We're not going to have sex, but we're going to do this other things that, yeah. and that's okay because we're not having sex. Yeah. The, the idea of teaching that, that sex outside of marriage is wrong is a biblical it's a biblical principle sure. that comes back to something that's good i think the motive of how you communicate the fact that it's wrong within these certain contexts is is very key and i think that's kind of been where things have gotten skewed is is the motive of let's take these highly impressionable younger people mm-hmm. and let's find modes to teach them how they shouldn't do this and I think that's where there's this large spectrum of how that's been done within the purity culture movement uh, that's largely changed the way some, some people have developed how they view, uh, view people and view relationships and view sex. Sure. So it's very deep. Like there's so many different avenues sure. that you could walk down in this, but yeah. Well, I think that one of the, one of the big motivations, it's biblical, but then one of the big motivations too was just the reason maybe where it started to get into error was it wasn't the motivation was, I don't want my kid to have sex. Yes. You know, that that's the yeah. motivation. And <clears throat> while that's a good thing and I don't, you know, want my children to cross that line either. Um, it doesn't mean that, um, it doesn't mean that that should be the primary motivation. My motivation should be that they would have this strong, growing, healthy relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And then that would be guiding them in their, their decisions because, you know, a, a ring, a purity ring means very little, quite honestly. It's a, it's, it means you made a choice, but like, yeah. I was just, we were looking at saying, look some things over and I'm looking at, here's a list of people who they would say a few years ago, where was it? I found a list of like famous people who were wearing purity rings, <laughs> Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez and the Jonas brothers. And mm. if you follow any of those, they've oh, all, yeah. <clears throat> you know, that was like a thing that they did. So it was even a growing up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. They yeah. wore them like a decade ago. They're saying like yeah. in the early, late 2000, like around 2009, 2010, you still had people wearing these rings and it was a thing because they were raised in Christian homes. But then you see it has very little effect as yep. they go on and as you know, and they enter into these things. Now, is it wrong for people to, you know, to teach that, you know, the initial, the, the right thing about, okay, here, God has instituted this. He's created sex. It's for the context of marriage and it's healthy there. And there's all these problems that come up. If you start, if you spend a few years of your life going from person to person and giving that yeah. part of your life away, the intimacy that's there, the psychological effect it has on you and your eventual spouse, when you bring that in and people have their lists of, you know, the people they were with before they, they you know, shared yeah. that together, it brings a lot of baggage. As people who do, you know, marriages and premarital counseling, when you deal with a group where one person has been significantly active in this area or both have it it is quickly obvious 
how much trauma that brings to the relationship, yeah. how much insecurity. So you can hear this if someone's listening. And as I'm speaking, I'm thinking uh, if there were somebody that doesn't go to church, they're going to be like, that's close minded. We need, you know, you need to explore. You need to do these things. And I'm like, yeah. And, and you'll deal with the consequences of that yeah. unless you live your life that way your whole life. Yeah. That's the only option. It's like you live, if you get into a marriage, God can redeem it. God can wash over all those things and he can bring healing there, but it, it presents a significant amount of, um, angst at least to the relationship Mm. because there's a comparison. There's a, you know, there's something that, you know, when things go wrong, it's very, it's very quickly. They point back to that or they point back to those people. So there's a lot of practical reasons. I think it's wrong. Um, I think that this is maybe one of the things of nine, especially nineties where I think of just, we tried to create a subculture, Mm. Christian subculture, with the music and with sure. the everything. And it was like, we're going to create an alternative for us, United States, that we live in. We have schools and we have churches yeah. and we have our own music and our own TV and our own amusement park and our own, yeah. you know, yeah. and we, and our own way of doing dating. And we're going to do this and it's right. I mean, it's, and that's why we're going to do it. And in a lot of ways, this was one of the center pieces of sure. that kind of, that era, if mm-hmm. you will. I think the motivation is good, I think, because it's based on truth. But everything you're saying, it's just how that fleshed out in our lives and how we taught on that. I mean, I I grew up, I feel like, in a pretty healthy environment when I came to that specifically. Uh, I feel like overall when I taught on that, it was pretty healthy. (laughs) Uh, Just trying to be real, like even when I taught students in the 90s and the 2000s, it was uh, really virginity was not an idol in the sense of like, like I'm holding on to this thing and if you do it, you, but trying to talk about pursuing Christ and as you pursue Christ, it will, it will affect whether you date or not. It will affect how you handle, uh, how you live your life, how you love somebody else in that environment. You know, one of the things I would say often is that you, you date to find a mate. You don't date to because you're bored or because you have to have something fulfilled in you as a 13 year old, a 14 year old, a 15 year old that really when it comes time to dating somebody, uh, it's different. And I encourage everybody, even my own kids, like have a lot of friends and I don't mean friends with benefits, but like have a lot of friends where you can kind of say, you know, I like that about her. I don't like that about her. And you kind of begin yeah. to feel like, okay, this is kind of the person that I could see really personality wise, whatever. Um, but once you start, once you say like, let's go steady or let's, whatever they say today, like we're, what's, I they, don't what's think the, they say that. I know. I know. They didn't even really say that when I was, I know. Um, things change. Pressure enters in, yeah. you, you start uh, things is it's different and you begin to act like a married couple and you're not married and you don't have that commitment. And the problem is, is you live with that expectation and le- that commitment between each other, but you don't have that, like, that you're binding yourself to somebody yeah, else, it, but it's unhealthy. Yeah. It's you're, you're, I feel like in a lot of ways I've watched students, uh, it's, practice for marriage, I guess is yeah. what it, what it would be like this highly emotional and social commitment to each other, <laughs> almost like a marriage, like, man, we're practicing. Right. How committed can we be to each other sure. when, uh, you're not ready for that. You're not ready yeah. for that emotionally, socially, uh, mentally, and nor do you have the means to, to be married. Like it's just, it's right. not, it's not it. Uh, right. I always joke people say they're going together, but they never went anywhere. Like, where yeah. are you guys going? Because we see each other at youth group, or we see each other, <laughs> yeah, but neither at one school. Of, we don't drive, right? We don't, right? You know, we. I, I shared with you guys before this, like just to jump to this aspect of it, like what is our? I think it's healthy to share. Like I think we're talking about what is our view mm-hmm. of dating, mm-hmm. like, um, and I'm right there with you. Maybe even a little, like if you were a student in the youth ministry here in the last decade, mm-hmm. and so that means people that are almost thirty would have had me. Because it's over a decade, actually. But so some of them are in our young adult group now. And I'm like, I'm saying the same thing I said back then. And that was, you are too emotionally unstable and insecure to be in a relationship. You are looking for, there's no way around it. You are looking for status within your peer group. 
because yeah. I'm dating so-and-so and you're looking for companionship mm-hmm. and you're looking for love. Sure. And really that other person, I'm sorry, but at under 18 for sure, and men especially are just not qualified. They might have a, a, a measure of empathy, a measure of love, but they are selfish. They're self-serving. They're hormonal, and they are going to do and say whatever they need to say right. to satisfy their ego. Yes. They're not in a place to be in a relationship with you, as God would say. He created this relationship, which is to partner together, to be sacrificial, to love one another, to serve together, to grow together, and so you give yourself to this person. And on a very practical level, like you said, out of friends, you give your time, mm-hmm. you give your efforts, you're dealing, how many students have we dealt with in the last, in your ministry, just put all together here, 20 years probably worth at least. And, you know, including what you're going through right now, Nate, where they're, these, these teenagers are depressed. They, mm-hmm. Some of them might be suicidal. They're very much emotional. They have issues with their parents. And now yeah. you're bringing in another teenager into that to be the primary voice speaking yeah. into that situation. And it is, it's ludicrous. Yeah, I think I if you had a child and they were going through that, that you would go, well, why don't we just, you know, they're like, I'm on the verge of a mental breakdown. Well, why don't we just call Billy <laughs> and have him come over and talk to you? You would go get yeah. them professional help. Yeah. But instead, we... It's like we masquerade this, and I would say the last key that is to me is very important is, is we as parents have got to watch ourselves because it feels really good for your kid to be dating oh, yeah. a good kid, sure, a right. popular kid. Yeah. It, you feel It's like sports. You feel good because, oh, they've got a boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's a, you feel their status. And I've watched, that's what's the scariest in the last five to 10 years mm-hmm. is I've watched parents mm-hmm. not only being resistant, but they're actually encouraging, encouraging it because they want that for their kids. Sure. And guess what? Maybe, shocker, we're supposed to be meeting those needs for our children. Mm-hmm. Instead of shuffling it off, Sure. to this other person. And um, I'll, I'll pause there. There's one more element I think that's nefarious that's going on in the parents' minds, and I don't know if I'm even going to want to say it, but we'll see. we'll see where we go. But, Nate, you were going to say something. I saw it in your I eyes. forgot what I was going to say now. I was going to jump in on <laughs> something you were saying, but I don't remember. I agree with you, though, 100%. I agree with you. Um, yeah. Well, so one of the things I would often say, so I would, we, we, there would be seasons where we have these conversations about dating and sex and love and all those things to students because it's important because we need to speak into that. Uh, how do you walk as a Christ follower? Like, how do I walk this out? My friends are having sex. We're like, and even today I feel it's very difficult because everything is so accessible. Like even when we were growing up, yeah. if, if I wanted to find pornography, it, it, it took a, like, it took a lot of work. Now right. I can just turn on my phone. Uh, right. even the connection, like you have FaceTime and things. So they're even sending photos. Like if we were going to send a photo, I'd have to take a Polaroid, put it in an envelope, <laughs> put it in the mail, hope that it ended up, you know, like all that. It's, right. it's just so, so out there and in your face and easy. And, uh, but I would often start talking to high school students. Like, uh, I know you, many of you are dating. I'm going to give you a reality check is that most likely the people that you're dating right now, you will not be married to. Yeah. You will not be in a relationship a right. year from now. Those you're going to college, like you will, you will have moved on. And I would go back to what are you giving away? What are you sacrificing? What are you even like from time, not just physically, but you're investing so much in this relationship that 12 months from now, it will mean nothing. And I don't right. mean it will yeah. mean nothing, but you know, yeah. No, I would say it will mean basically nothing. Like, I'm sorry. Again, it's like one of those things where I start to feel it. Like, I'm like, man, am I that old? But I'm able to look at kids and be like, I've I've sat Mm -hmm. in this chair. Like, if you're getting coffee with a kid and I'm like, I've been here a bunch of times. And my advice now is like, I used to feel guilty about it. But as soon as they start saying, oh, we've been... Uh, fighting and they, yeah. they told me I couldn't go out with my friends and I used to try to give them advice and some tools and now I'm like you need to break up <laughs> like you just right. there's no point in being right. you right. right now it is not worth what you're telling me right. you're like you're crying mm-hmm. right now you're going through emotional trauma for this person that you probably won't be with yeah. because 
the other thing I think is clear to all of us, a spoiler too, I, I dated like, you know, like <gasps> what, you know, I mean, if you got the camera on, you'll really be shocked. But <laughs> I, um, I dated and, uh, I was a baller <laughs> and, um, and so much of it was just garbage. Like mm-hmm. even me as a person, like what I'm saying today yeah. is what I know I went through, like yeah. knowing the good I ought to do, but I'm like, mm, I don't care because yeah. I'm. I'm not strong spiritually. I wasn't close to the Lord, especially in my teenage years. I wasn't even walking with the Lord. And then it just, it was a mess. And I look at like, man, I went through these highly emotional relationships, these overcommitted things where I didn't hang out with my friends and I lost all these, that time. And it was just such a waste when I look back on it. And I didn't know that until one, I got strong spiritually and two, I met my wife and it was, it was, we were friends and it was yeah. noticeable immediately that we were content to be friends, legitimate friends for a long time, like mm-hmm. not even defining the relationship yeah. kind of thing. And we hung out with a friend group and we hung out together to the point where then it became, everyone was like, okay, this is kind of obnoxious. You're always hanging out, you're not dating. <laughs> but our, our relationship was based in like, a, it was yeah. friendship. And so, um, when I met my now wife then (laughs) over half of my life ago, it was like immediately I saw a difference. Immediately I felt for one, I was 19. Hmm. So I was starting to mature Two, I immediately felt these, a desire to, to go to like, go to church with her to grow. I wanted to grow spiritually. I thought I'm with this person and I Hmm. want to be able to be a spiritually mature leader in a sense. And that was the foundation of our relationship. And I wanted to be uh, together, but also protective. I had all these different feelings that I'm like, whoa, I've never, it wasn't butterflies. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Well, those might've been there. There were like these deeper things that I'm like, sure. That matter. And I knew kind of soon, like I would, I would marry this person if she would marry me. Like now I'd marry her, you know, and we dated for a while. But if I didn't feel that, I, I don't think I would have stayed in that relationship at all. And that, that's something I tell people, like I ask a 17, 16, 17 year old, I'll be like, can you see yourself marrying this person? And they'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, well then what's the point? Correct. Like if you, if your answer is like, whoa, or, or sometimes they'll be like, no way. And I'm like, but you're together. (laughs) That makes no, you know, like where in the Bible does it tell you to do that? Like, so on one hand, I'd go back to the purity culture. I'd say, the courtship thing, like mm-hmm. you referenced, yeah. maybe that was before the show. Was reference. Before, yeah. I, like I never experienced that at all. My parents didn't bring that into it. But on one hand, I can say, while it has its flaws, at least, at least that was like it brought with it this understanding of like, okay, you're entering into this family, you're mm-hmm. considering yeah. being part of this family. Versus now, it's like. They meet online, they meet on Snapchat at some event and they date kids from different communities and parents don't know kids and they're just meeting and going. And I'm like, whoa, 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 that's so there's not, you know, I guess that's a place where I go purity culture elements of it. I think you're right. I agree. Right. Teaching abstinence, teaching your kid that you really the Bible does not have a place for you to casually date. It does right. not make allowance for that. It doesn't speak of that ever. I mean, it doesn't speak against it sure. explicitly, but it doesn't speak for it. But it definitely speaks against casual sex. Yeah, and like, yeah, right, let's, right, right. let's hook up, you know, like right. we're friends. Let's just, right. you know, what, like that's a problem. And sending nudes and, right. and those kind of things, like it, it speaks to a much deeper issue that, that I think purity culture tried to speak into and got legalistic and got like crazy messing people up to a point. But they're under under all that are principles that are scriptural, biblical, godly principles of how we ought to live our lives and how we ought to treat one another that should affect like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to I'm number one, not going to take a picture of myself. And number two, I'm not going to send it to somebody. I'm not going to do these things over face. I'm not going to do this stuff because I want to honor the Lord with my life. And that's yep. we need to get to to that part of it, because that's. Yeah, it. I think you bring up you bring up a good point, and you said this before Mike started talking. Uh, just the world in which we live in now, and how accessible things are. Yeah. Uh, it used to be uh, that, especially in the realm of purity culture, especially where I came from, you had all of these safeguards in every area sure. to yeah. to keep you from these different things. Like that's what parents would do. Um, it was all done, I think, out of good intention. But yes. we live in a world now where that's almost. 
it's not possible. And I think that further reveals uh, the way that it should be handled in some aspects is uh, it comes from the other direction Mm -hmm. uh, of your relationship with God and what you're, what you're seeking after it's very, it's more revealing, I guess, of where your heart is as a young person, where your relationship with God is for your, for your children. Uh, And you have to look at it differently. It cannot be about, well, let me insulate them from everything that's going to happen so that when they're an adult, they can be out on their own and then be surprised by all this stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, I would. Um, You have to deal with it now. It's your responsibility as a parent. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's your responsibility as uh, a teenager as a young adult to deal with these things now and not be hyper insulated by them. I would much rather walk through those things with my kids than for us to never speak of it or kind of yeah. talk around it. I mean, it, that, that kind of thing is helpful if you have that kind of relationship to be able to, to walk through some heartbreak and also walk through some like you guys are in a relationship and, and you, you do care about each other. There's some things you can learn. There's positive right. things in dating that, you don't just want to throw it all away, but under underlying all of that is my relationship with the Lord must be most important, and I shouldn't compromise uh, in these areas because it's so easy to. And we gotta, yeah. I should be clear. I you know we haven't had to navigate this yet as mm-hmm. a uh, husband and wife, but um, we're not in the. I'm not even as strongly as I feel about it. I'm not in the. I will forbid it. Yeah. Um, but I'm in the, I'm going to tell you very much what I think. Sure. And there's going to be, we definitely are the type of parents that would have boundaries and yeah. structure. And, you know, we, my wife and I were dating for, like I said, almost five years before we got married. Um, and we were even up until our marriage, if we were at my parents' house or her parents' house, we neither, we all, we both lived at home, uh, until then apart from when we were at school. But, um, we couldn't be, well, my parents wouldn't allow us to yeah. be alone. Like, right. you're not, no, you're not going upstairs. And I mean, I'm a 20 something year old in today's culture. People would be like, oh, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, or it's, they had standards. And now yeah. looking back on it, I'm like, I appreciate that because what would, what would I do? I don't know. Like, you know, and the argument yeah. is kids that are in relate. here's the bottom line. When we allow kids to date and they get into meaningful relationships, the, the potential for them to have sex is greater than sure. if they're not. I right. mean, the longer they're with somebody, the longer they're together, the more they are ingrained and emotionally connected to one another, just like we are emotionally and, you know, physically attracted to our wives. We're emotionally connected to them. And sex is a key cornerstone piece of that relationship that differentiates it from every other relationship we're going to have. That it's foolishness to think that you're going to put teenagers in a relationship and they're going to be in that for several years and they're not going to at least be tempted oh, yeah. to the point of caving in some areas of their life. Because I would. Right. If I'm, if That's I'm what left I'm alone, yes. like if I was a teenager and I was left right. alone, for sure. Not I that d- I would I mean, have I sex. Say, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that. let's be honest. I sure. did. I, yeah. I was somebody who by this standard remained pure until marriage, but in every other area that I could have blurred a line, I was willing to blur a line even to the, even to the detriment of my relationship. Mm. Like even if I'm being a hundred percent transparent, my wife and I had different standards and that was the one thing we fought a ton about in our (laughs) relationship because I would always be wanting to push boundaries in that area. And she had a high level of, this moral character and concern. Sure. No, I don't want to do that. And I mean, it was, it was a significant thing in the first couple of years of our relationship where it just, it got so toxic that the Lord had to show me the evil that was in my heart yeah. where I'm going, you're manipulating this person you say you love yeah. for your own selfish satisfaction. Right. And I had to be like, okay, you're a horrible creep. <laughs> I mean, you I know, get it, yeah. and so we had to, we had to work through that and, and so me saying that, I go, I look at my relationship. I loved the Lord. Mm-hmm. I had a decent level of understanding what was right and wrong, but I was willing to justify, you know, and give into my natural desires. And if it weren't for the great, like the high character of my wife, we probably, I don't think we ever would have went too far, but we did go and put, do, you know, move into areas we shouldn't have done. Sure, yeah. That we then had to walk through talking about that and the regret and yeah. all that came with it. So I look at that situation, though, it's probably about as good mm. of a system we could have. Both families supported it. They didn't yeah. encourage us to do, you know, they wanted us to have a godly relationship. We both loved God. We both were trying to do the right thing. 
and it's a miracle, you know, in a sense that we made it that long. You know, it's yeah. like this idea of now I look back, I'm like four or five years of dating. What were we doing? Like, what were we doing? <laughs> right. You know, like, and, and so when I say all that, I'm, I guess this is maybe to the parents that are listening, like mm-hmm. you need a dose of reality because yeah. our culture is just constantly trying to water down yeah. and, and tell us like, just relax, just relax. And our reaction to this culture, purity culture was we don't want to be, this is another thing. I don't want to be labeled like that. I don't want to be labeled closed minded. Sure, right. You think yeah. that yep. my daughter just exists to satisfy you know, a Christian man at some yeah. point. So she has to keep herself perfect for that man. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. So parents that are yep. listening, you need to have high standards yeah. and you need to, like I always tell my wife, I'm willing to be the jerk. <laughs> like I'm willing to tell my kids that. And I'm, because when Understand me when I talk to my children, I'm not a jerk to them, but I'm saying I'm willing to tell them the truth. Sure. And I'm willing to say, and we're going to have this standard and you're not going to like it. And it is what it is, but it's for your good. So that's one of those things I do. Yeah. (laughs) Two things. One, you, you alluded to part of the kind of the unhealthy side of it uh, a second ago, Um, which, yeah, that's not at all what we're talking about. But the other thing is, is what you're saying is, um, for parents, it it is largely your responsibility. I, I think a lot of times. Wow, Mike! For once, it's not me. Mike's just my support. How was mic. that so loud? I'm <laughs> just, so sorry. Just pour it up in the mic. It's fine. He's getting coffee. <laughs> it's coffee, everybody. Uh, yeah. So for parents out there, uh, it's this is largely your responsibility. You cannot expect to st- to send your student to, to church and to youth group, and that to be the the end all be all solve as you teach on purity culture to to solve all these issues. No, it comes back to you as a parent, um, parenting your students and yes. and knowing. Wait, wait, what, wait, wait! I want to be my friend. I want to be a, my, no. My you have to friend. you have to parent your oh, students. You okay. have to teach them responsibility. You have to teach them consequences for their actions. Uh, all of these things that you are the number one influence in their life. Right. And a lot of parents don't see that. They think, man, I'm going to send them a youth group, <laughs> Fix and them. you're going to teach on purity culture. You're going to yep. tell them how they shouldn't have sex. You're going to teach them uh, things that they should follow right. when they date, and that's going to be the end all be all. And then. I'm going to let them go do whatever they want. And right. it doesn't work like that. Your student Good. is not an adult. And so don't treat them like one. Right. So and it's not your job. I mean, that's, you'll get as nothing but pastor. amens. You'll get nothing yeah. but amens. So no, it's yeah. not your job. It's not the, pa- it's not your no. job or my job as a pastor. Yeah. Either. Like the church is not, we're, we can proclaim the truth. Yeah. But for one, parents, I feel like I'm attacking parents today, but yeah. they're, if you're not living it out yeah, and you're not creating a culture, so purity, while you may be having sex with your wife because it's ordained and allowed by God within the covenant of marriage, how you're treating your wife, yes. how you're speaking to your wife, how you're serving your wife, showing them what a real relationship looks like, mm-hmm. which yeah. is sacrificial. Now, if you're that, I'm sorry, guys, but if you're this male chauvinist, yeah. old school caveman mentality where you're sitting there and you're bossing your wife around and you're telling her what to do, you're promoting the fact that your wife cease or exists to serve you yeah. and serve you alone. Not that you're in a covenant of marriage with your wife, yeah. who you're supposed to love as Christ loved yeah. the church. So we want to make it all about sex, but in reality, there's probably just generations of just garbage marriages that were not biblically based and you're communicating everything you do every day they're looking at it so that's something we try to be really conscious of is how am I showing my children that yes God has commanded me to be the head of this household and to, to lead well but that leading well a lot of times means, hey, guys, we're all going to get up and we're going to do this for mom yeah. because we love mom and we're going to give sacrificially to and, show her that. And things yeah. are more caught than they are taught often. Yes. And so you can say, here's my big Bible and here's what we <laughs> should be living. But if your life doesn't reflect a heart to serve them. Now, you could, as a parent, you can do everything right and you can, which we're not going to, but you can live. I do. Yeah, besides Mike. <laughs> You can live in such a way that reflects Christ and your kids will grow up to be adults and still will make their own decisions. And that's a struggle and a pain for a parent because you're like, where do we go wrong? What do we do wrong? And it's like, no, they are, they are human beings who have choices to make. Right. And I think we continue to do 
we live consistently, we walk faithfully, we pray for them, and they have choices to make. And we pray, we pray that they, because I know this is a discussion that we've had as like my wife and I, and growing up, one of the negative things I think is we've made virginity an idol. And so for our own kids, right. For a time it was crap. We just don't want them to have sex. Right. And I like, we have come to this conclusion as parents, that's not the worst thing that can happen in our life. Even doing drugs and and all the things you think of as a parent, they're going to be driving and killing people and all. (laughs) The worst thing that could happen is they enter into a Christless eternity. That's the worst thing. So if someone gets pregnant, right? If these these things happen, our prayer is God use all of these things to bring them to you to just take this take them to a point of surrender. That's where we want them to be. So if. He's not a virgin. If she gets pregnant, right. we're not saying, man, we can't wait for that to happen so they'll come to Jesus. God, use all of these things, whatever happens, to bring them to you. That's what we want. I can't amen that enough. And I was thinking that as I was, you know, we're making these strong statements, I'm thinking of listeners that maybe are like, well, that's great. Thanks a lot. My kid is sexually active. And <laughs> right. now, yeah. um, I think that is one of the problems what purity culture created was what you just said. The goal was do not, we said at the beginning, don't have sex. Yeah. If yeah. I can get my kid to marriage without having sex, I've made them a Christian almost. Yeah. Like I've kept them a Christian. Correct. Exactly. And um, no, I, I, well, again, it's like this weird dichotomy where like we got to have standards. Yeah. We do not want to be encouraging it or at least it, or like making it available to them. However, we need to understand that kids are going to you could try everything you want and you could tell them every, you know, be as perfect as you think you can be and, and have an open dialogue with them. And they're still going to give in to different temptations yep. and whether it is sex or drugs or any of those things. rock and roll. How, yeah, right. oh <laughs> but, you know, we I've been so surprised at how the Holy Spirit in my parenting has convicted me because I was raised in a traditional you mess up, you yeah. get yelled at, you get spanked, you get sure. beat, and you're done, and don't do that, and you're grounded. You know, like yeah. that was what, and don't do it again. Right. And the Lord has convicted me in the in the most trying time so far, which I know we're just getting into <laughs> yeah. teenage years. Oh, I know yeah. nothing of that. I know of it because I've watched it in other families. But I mean, there have been some real doozies that we've already went through as parents, and when those happen, my first response has always been grace. Yeah. And to and to sit my kids down and explain what you because I'm thinking, I can react to this thing you did right now and shame you. Yes, and that is not going to point you to Jesus. Right. Yeah. It's already done. That has happened. You've made an error. I make a lot of errors. I need grace. You need grace. And so that's not saying I don't punish my children. But we talk of, you should get this kind of, I mean, man, for what you just did, I should take that phone and put it in a blender and you should never see it again. (laughs) You know, like that's what I I should do that. But here's what Grace says, you know, that you should get that, but we're going to do this instead. But you need to, I need you to understand we have the right and the authority, just like God would have the right and the authority to deal with this thing. And I tell my, like you just said what I always say to my kids, (laughs) like I say it enough to them. I'm trying to get them to be able to repeat it perfectly. And that is. The only thing I care about in your life is that you come to know Christ as your savior. Yeah. I do not care what job you do. I do not care how good you are or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or sports. Don't care. Yeah. Do you know Christ? That's what I want for you. And that is my only goal. And I hope that you, and, and you can't, you can't fake it. No. You got it. It's got to be authentic, but that's what I'm trying to point you to in everything I do and just making it known. So yeah, everything that you're saying is, is spot on. And the, the thing that I think people need, need to know and need, need to realize, and I think what we've, we've come back to this whole discussion is everything you're saying cannot be accomplished through a purity ring, no. through a book, <laughs> through a lesson, yeah. through a good youth group, but that it's all going to come through good parenting and yeah. being parents. Like that's what it's going to come through. Um, a good youth group or a good church is not going to make up for bad parenting. Like it, it doesn't. You're a drop in the bucket of the week. Exactly. Yeah, that's the and, problem. Yeah. But taken all together, to not They're to good discount things. it. Yeah, yeah, I think, it, I think yeah, those I'm, things can be good if, if seen in the right perspective, yeah. with the right foundation, that it's, it's a nice, like, yes, not, 
we as parents will say something 700 times and they'll go to youth group <laughs> and be like, you know what Nate talked on this week? It was this. And we're like, yeah, 699,000 mm-hmm. times we've said that. But right. we, don't, we don't care because yeah. at least God's getting through and using it. So yeah. And I, yeah, and I think that's great. But I think the problem is, is the, the flip side is the parents right. that... Oh, yeah. That's more what I'm speaking. Fix to. my kid. It works. Yes. It works when it's consistent. Yeah. yeah. The what they're getting at home. Yes. And what they're getting into, like when there's support there. What it's not consistent is when we have again. I'm gonna throw it back at them. When we have a garbage marriage. Yeah. We, you know, dad is addicted to pornography, or dad has yeah, had sure. affairs, and mom or how mom he treats cheated. mom. Right. And like I mean, yeah, I'm going to the extreme, but yeah, he's just he's just mean and rude and, right. and selfish at home. And then they come there and you talk about this, this marriage thing. And quite honestly, we've even seen it backfire where then kids will go home and say like, well, (laughs) you know, uh, Mike and Nicole said this or they do that. And like, then parents are like, no, they're not. They're married. You know, like then they get mad at you. So, um, the, those things are good things. Yeah. Youth group, all the standard, all that's good. But what you're hitting on is if I don't live that out, it's illogical for at the end of the day, me to go, man, Nate, (laughs) Or Aaron, man, they didn't do. Yeah. If you would have, if you would have had, if you would have taught on this book that I told you about, my kid never would have had sex. You're like, "Mm, (laughs) no, probably, probably not true. You know, so, uh, and we just scapegoat, you know, that's what we like to do. We like to find someone. It's your fault. Um, and in reality, the worst part about that is when the kid, because they bring the kids into that a lot too, they'll talk negatively about the church or whatever. What they're doing is they're giving the kids the roadmap to when things go wrong in their life to blame you and to blame the, it's, sure. you know, instead of saying, well, let's take some, let's look at it. You made a mistake. <laughs> you, you know, like this idea yeah. of parenting and grace, which is a different podcast maybe, but yeah. like you made a mistake and guess what? We, we make mistakes and what are we going to do with that? Are we going to blame that person? Or are we going to look at ourselves and say, no, that was something I did. And what would the Bible say? The Bible would say, repent yes, of that thing right. and be restored. And you know, God will cleanse you and he'll make you new and you don't have to carry that forward anymore. And we don't do that. We just blame and then we don't have to repent, <laughs> right. you know, and it's, it's such a toxic cycle. But I think the thing with that is, uh, we need to teach our kids grace, as you said. We need to teach them forgiveness. Yes, but we need to. They need to understand, even though there's forgiveness. And yeah, you are forgiven, and it's great. There are still consequences to your actions. Yes, you're still going to get the phone in the blender, or you're, still, you're not going to be able to talk to her or him. You're not going to. Right. There. Con- yes. Yeah, I thought you forgive me. I thought you. I do love you, and this is why <laughs> there are consequences that we're going to allow to happen, or are going to happen naturally. <laughs> and it, they have need to learn that because that's reality right. in our lives. Yeah. I mean, God will forgive you. Yes. But she might still get pregnant or right. he might still be lost or he, there's things that happen and we have to understand <laughs> that's, that's part of it as well. Uh, yeah. That's, that's again, that's a parenting thing, but it's like a hundred percent. You use the law, you use anything. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You can, you can break the law. There's a consequence. There's a ticket. Yeah. There's a fine. There's something comes with it. And we talk about, yeah, very much even in the relationship thing. I'm like, somebody may never get pregnant, but I'm telling you, there is something that yes. is going to happen. There is a moment and you can think I'm scaring you. You can think I'm being a jerk, but there's a moment coming when you find your wife and you enter into that relationship yeah. that you will regret everything you ever did yeah. intimately with any person other than your wife. Because you go, man, that was meant for her. Yeah. And, and, and I'm saying that from experience. It was like, it was not even in a relationship. It was when marriage, when we entered in our marriage, I go, man, if I could go back, I would just never even date anybody. I would never even, cause (laughs) I I told these people I loved them. Oh yeah. I cried about things. I get, you know, I, 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 it just all this, not, I wasted all that when it was really meant this person. And, and I get that that's probably archaic in our day and age, but it's good and it's better than what culture is saying today. But yeah, the consequence thing, we talk about that all the time. I'm like, look, you can, you mess up, punch somebody in the face. They might punch you back. Right. You might get kicked out of school. I'm not going to argue with the school. Yep. We've had those things. You know, I'm like, that's your consequence. You know, like do you have to learn that. That's a great point. I would say that the beauty of all that is, and we have to be done, but the beauty of all that yeah. is, is that God <laughs> Short is, format. God is able, able to leverage your mistakes and your past and he will leverage it for your good and for his glory. It will happen that you could say, Oh, I wish I would have, I wish I wouldn't have, 
but God is like, you are the person you are today. You love your wife the way that you love your wife today because of what you've been through and the experiences that you have. And so as we always talk about, like there's no one, uh, there's a phrase that we have on our church sign, which love church signs, but uh, (laughs) that there's more mercy in Christ than sin in us. And we have to remember that we are not too far gone for God to redeem us. I mean, it comes in repentance. It comes in us making a decision to, to turn around. But in that, God's going to leverage, like, he's not going to like, oh, you're damaged good. Sorry, I can't use you. Oh, you're damaged good. You, you're going to be no good as a husband because you chose to, to love or to have sex with that person or to do these things or whatever. Like, God can redeem all that, and we have to, I think it's yep. a positive thing. So, Any final words? There's more that we could say. Yeah, there's I mean, we can, a lot more, but we'll keep going forever. I'm not, I'm say, I'm not uh, gonna say anything because it'll go too long. Yeah, I know. my wife's gonna shoot me. Like, <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, we let us know in the comments. Uh, maybe your experiences with purity culture. Maybe you totally disagree with us, and you think that you've been uh, uh, derailed in your life. You know, and it could happen depending yeah. on the, the background you come out of. It could be really, really bad, and there are very definitely good aspects. I think with all of this, instead of having a purity ring and meaning purity from sex, I think purity in our lives, we, we used to have surrender bracelets and that really, mm-hmm. if you even walk in that mindset, then that affects everything, your, your relationships, whether you have them or not, but all of your life. And that's what we really need to get people to. So it's not just about don't have sex. It's about walking. Think of like Titus two of saying no to ungodliness and worldly lust and saying yes to righteousness and yes to Christ. And that it covers every single area of your life. And that's important. So, so let us know. We'd love to hear, love to read some emails. So if you want to email us, you can email us at me at desperatepastor.com. Interact on social media. Maybe we'll talk about this more next time. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe we won't. <laughs> so, maybe, maybe not. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Well, until next time, Keep communicating. Keep, uh, keep. I was gonna say, keep living the dream. But that's a <laughs> different podcast. Uh, go eat some hot dogs. There you go. That's the, the words of wisdom. Go uh-huh. eat some hot dogs. It's not seventy six. <laughs> we'll see you soon.